All right, got an awesome message today. Why is it awesome? Because of Glenn Mills, by no means. It'd be a mess if it was me. But uh, I always get along with God and say, Lord, why do you want me to deliver to the people? And, and sometimes he gives me the catchiest little things. And, and I have to say, Lord, what in the world does that mean? But I was in the spirit of the Lord talking with him. And all of a sudden I heard this phrase, caution, talking rocks. Caution, talking rocks. And I'm thinking, what in the world is talking rocks? Well, Kim and I are like bulldogs in a pickup truck. We love to ride. Matter of fact, uh, we've started another Facebook page called Roadside Memories. And if you get a chance to go over there, you see some of the pictures. We just get out and ride and take pictures. And then we like to post those pictures of places we've been and things that we've done. Matter of fact, we got out yesterday and rode a little bit. Now, we didn't go contaminate anybody, but we did get out and take some pictures, uh, staying away from everybody. So if you're going to get out, just ride and stay away from everybody. There's a lot of beautiful things to see. But you may want to uh, check that out. But there is one area we love to go up into a lot, and that is the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. There's actually a town in Georgia called Blue Ridge. It's in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountain region. But also, if you come back down toward Atlanta, you'll run through a place called Elijay and another place called Jasper. And in between those two places, believe it or not, there is a little town called Talking Rock. Talking Rock. Now, it's very unique. Now, there are many legends on how this town got its name. Many believe that it was named by the local uh, Cherokee Indians that were living there. This is prior, sadly, to the Trail of Tears when they were made to leave their homes and land and move to Oklahoma. But they believe that the Indians actually named that place Talking Rock because there is a, a stream that comes through that part, that little town, and if you get up into the edge of the mountains, all it's almost like you can hear voices the way the water runs across the rocks. And so they believe the Indians actually named it Talking Rock. Now, most people believe, again, that that's where the name come from. Sounds interesting, but come on, people. Really? Do, talks, do rocks really talk? Well, it may surprise you to know Jesus believed they did. Jesus actually said that rocks can talk. Now in Luke 19.37, if you read the story prior to what we call the Resurrection Sunday, some people call it Easter, Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. And you remember the people got down the palm trees and they were putting their coats out in front of him. He was riding on a coat and they were shouting hosannas and glory to God in the highest. And all of a sudden, something happens. In verse 38, they were saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory to the highest. They were shouting his praises as he came into Jerusalem. But take note, the response by the Pharisees in verse 39. Teacher, they said, rebuke your disciples. In other words, make them stop shouting these praises and saying all that they said. Make them stop. But then, notice what awesome reply Jesus gives us in verse 40. Look at what he tells these Pharisees. I tell you, if these, being the people, should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Don't tell me rocks can't talk. Jesus said the stones would immediately cry out if the people held their peace. Why? From the foundation of the world, from the time that Adam and Eve had fallen short of the glory of God, 
God, God had destined this day that Jesus would come into Jerusalem and that he would eventually die on the cross and raise from the dead. This was a God-ordained moment that creation had even been waiting for because this would kick off leading to the end when the earth would one day be burned with fire and renewed and restored back to its original state. Even the Bible says that creation is moaning and groaning for the coming of the Lord. He said, if these people stay quiet because this is a divine destined moment, even the rocks will cry out. Now, this scripture is also the place where many singers... Many know that Mercy Me, a very awesome group, if you get a chance to hear them, this is where they got their song, Ain't No Rock Gonna Cry Out In My Place. Ain't No Rock Gonna Cry Out In My Place. You know, our pastor, uh, Pastor Dan Patrick at Deeper Life Christian Center just outside of Carrollton, he is always saying this in our praise and worship. And this is what he said, Pastor, I'm giving this to you. Can't nobody give God your praise but you. Can't nobody give God your praise but you. Thank you, Pastor Dan. I was listening. I get an A for that Sunday anyway. All creation, my friend, praises the Lord. It's all through the book, the word of God. But do we. You know, we can have terrible storms. We can have hurricanes when I lived in North Carolina. It was hurricanes two or three times during the uh, summer season. You know, those hurricanes would come through. It would do damage. There'd be floods. There'd be, but, but you know, when it all settled down, creation would start praising him again. No matter what storms, even the earth endures. When we have the fires, we have the earthquakes, we have the storm, we have all these things, even in the midst of all of that, the earth itself, once it recovered, praises him again. But do we? When we're going through the storm, do we praise him? Whew. In Psalm 19 verse 1, David said, The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. That's nature. Psalm 96, 11 and 12, Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the fields be joyful. It's not talking about people. It's talking about creation. The nature around us. Let the fields be joyful and all that is in therein. Then shall all the trees of the woods rejoice. There's another place where it says and the trees will clap their hands yes. at the goodness of God. Creation and nature continually praise and worship God. I want to give you a challenge today. You got some free time on your hands. I dare, I dare you, excuse me, I double dog dare you. I might even triple dog dare you. Get out of your house, get away from people. Get out in the woods. Sit down. Leave your phone in the house. Sit down and listen. And I'll tell you what you'll hear. 
You'll hear the wind blowing through the trees giving him glory. You'll hear the birds chirping giving honor to their king. Everything that moves is giving glory to the Father. But you see, sometimes we get so busy in our house and in our world, we don't realize that the world around us, the nature of God is praising Him. And that's what we should be doing. That's the reason Kim and I, we love to go hiking. You know, uh, Luke and Mariana here today, every time I see them, they're out in the woods somewhere, crossing the yard, getting out there in nature. It's just something about getting out there because I feel like I can join in with it. I don't know how many times I've been hunting, sitting in the woods, didn't harvest anything. I said harvest because some people don't like the word shooting something. Never take a thing because I'm so caught up in His glory. Just sitting there in the nature. I don't know how many nice bucks have walked by me and I'm just so caught up in nature and the praise and the worship of that day just let them walk. Wow. I dare you to do it. You'll, you'll hear it. I promise you, you will hear it if you listen. Yet when we look at nature and creation, they are not eternal, but we are. You see, one day, God said He's going to destroy this earth because of the effects of sin on this earth, and He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to purify this earth with fire, start it over and take it back to its original state at the Garden of Eden and it's going to be awesome. You think it's awesome now? Oh man, I go some places and see some breathtaking sights. You think it's awesome now? Wait till God recreates it and purifies it just like a sinner that's lost in sin, living in the blackness of sin and the red blood of Jesus is applied and they become white as snow. They're beautiful. God transforms them. Just like he's going to transform this whole earth one day. But you see, they're not, this earth is not eternal, but we are. The things of this earth do not have a free will, but we do. They don't have a soul, but we do. And they can't have a relationship with God, but we can. And what I mean by that is we talk to him and he talks to us. I would ask you today to evaluate your level of praise and worship, especially in these times that we're in. Now you know me well enough to know i got to meddle a little bit right here. We've been in this thing a couple of weeks. And you know, God told us, hey, anoint your houses, everything's going to be fine. Just like the blood on the doorpost for the children of Israel, the death angel passed over. When you apply the anointing oil by the power of God, believing for his protection, believing for his healing, and that believing for temple use, which means God will use you in a great way in these times, that virus will pass right over. I guarantee it's the word of God. I, I know it. But in the last couple of weeks, I want to ask you a question, all those that are listening today. The things around you, the walls, the chairs, the people, the husband, the wife, the children, the grandchildren, what have they heard you say about what's going on? I would dare to say today there's folks that are listening right now. If I gave you a pop quiz on the virus, you'd make a hundred. You 
can tell me how many people have already died, how many people have already been healed. You can tell me how many people are in it. You can tell me what country they you passed with flying colors. But what if I ask you about the deliverance of God in the scriptures? How many could you give me? See, you said, Brother Mary, you're going to meddling now. Oh, you passed the test on the virus. You know everything about it. But what do you know about the Word of God? What do you know about the healing of God? The provision of God? The deliverance of God? The faith of God? What do you know about God? What do I know about God? Times like this ought to drive us to the Word, not to the news. Mm, somebody tell you better move on from here. You see... Anytime, let, let me refresh your memory for those who may have forgotten. It is never my desire to, to make you feel guilty about anything. I preach the word of God with truth and anointing and power only to challenge you, to educate you, and to lovingly convict you if that's what's needed. Because conviction is a good thing. Repentance is a good thing. Because it allows us to get back right with God if we were off track. I used to hear repentance and I was thinking, what is such a bad thing? But it's not. It's an awesome thing. Because repentance says God's arms are wide open and if we're missing the mark, we can come back to him and say, Daddy, we, I've missed the mark. I want to get it right with you. And he says, well, let's get it right and move on. What are your children hearing you say in this time? What are your neighbors hearing you say in this time? You know, if I can say this, these times have given us a lot of great opportunities for some butts to be put in. Now, what do you mean by that, putting in butts? When you hear somebody say, holy, have you heard what, what the virus is doing now? Have you heard how many more have got it? But! Yeah. We've got an awesome God. Well, this person over here is infected, but it will not come out my house. This is a time for some butts to be put in. But my God is faithful. But my God will deliver. But my God will carry me through. But God. No matter what the world says. But God. But the Word. But the Spirit. But Jesus. You know, the stones not only have the ability to speak, as Jesus said, they also have the ability to testify for or against us. God hears all of his creation. You know, scientists have actually come out with a microphone. It blew their mind. That was so sensitive that it began to pick up waves coming off the rocks. Sound waves were coming off the rocks. Why? Don't take a genius to figure this one out. All of creation praises the Lord. They shouldn't have been surprised. They should have been encouraged that they're able to hear it. Because Jesus said even the rocks would cry out. God hears his creation. In Genesis 4.10, God confronted Cain about Abel. And look at what he says. And God said to Cain, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. 
Even blood has a voice. The voice of thy brother's blood. Not Abel. Abel, his spirit is already removed from it. But God heard even his blood. The things that surround us, what are they saying about us? If God were to ask the walls in which God already knows, but if he were to ask the walls in your house, if he were to ask the interior of your car, if he were to ask the office complex you're working, if he were to ask any place you've been, what would be the testimony of what you've said, what you're doing, what you're believing? In Joshua 24, 33, he tells the people to put away their strange gods and incline their hearts back to the Lord. He reads before them the laws of God that Moses had given. And he says, now God is asking you, turn from your strange God, your made gods, and turn your heart back to God. That was his challenge to the people. And in verse 24 of Joshua 24, look at what it says. And the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve, and his voice which is instruction and direction, we will obey. The people said it. We will serve the Lord and we will obey His voice. The people pledged themselves to God, to His word and to His service. What does that mean? To use their gifts, their talents, their calling to promote the kingdom of God in their families and in their communities and in the world they could reach to show the world who God was through their service. So Joshua wrote the statutes and the ordinances. He put them in a book of the law of God and he set a great stone up as a memorial that every time they would see that stone they would remember the pledge they had made. But that's not the interesting part. This whole message came out of this one verse right here. Then look at what he says in verse 27. This is Joshua. Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us. For it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us, it shall therefore be a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. Stones don't only speak. Right here it says they hear. And this stone did not only hear Joshua reading the word of the Lord and the laws of God, he also heard the people say, we will serve and obey the Lord. He said, therefore, it will be a witness. Everything around us that hears us, sees us, will be a witness for us. When we stand before God, my friend, you won't have anything to say. I won't have anything to say. And if I did try to say, well, Lord, I didn't know, he'll bring up a witness of everything I've ever come in contact with, everything that is created. 
Kim was saying this morning, so well, what about the man-made stuff like the sheetrock and all that? I said all of that was made from what God created. Even the sheetrock on this wall, if God would spiritually give voice to it, could speak. That's the supernatural. See, we're not used to thinking like that, that even that wood frame over there could speak if God said speak. Because He created it. What would it say? Whoa! Make you feel like, what was that song Michael Jackson used to sing? I feel like somebody's watching me. All the time, there's eyes on you all the time. We're never really alone. If nothing else, Jesus. Now, when he speaks about the rock, there's a reason he set up a rock as a memorial. This rock was symbolic of who Jesus would be. Everything in the Old Testament was symbolic pointing to who Christ would be, what he would do, what he would say, the life he would live, the death he would die, the resurrection he would accomplish, and his coming again. Everything. When you read the Old Testament, you have to read it realizing if it gives you something physical, it has a spiritual implication. He could have set up anything, but he set up a rock. Why? Because Jesus is the rock. He is the chief cornerstone in our life. Like God and the Holy Spirit, Jesus hears all. Now notice what Joshua said. This stone is going to be a memorial to remind you of the commitment, of the decision that you made, the word that you gave, the vow that you spoke. Is there something we told God we would do and yet we haven't done it yet? There's a witness. His name is Jesus. When you came to that altar or whoever it was that you gave your life to the Lord and you said, Lord, I'll serve you the rest of my life, a memorial was set up. There's a stone in place. His name is Jesus. He heard what you said. Have you kept your end of the deal? Because God kept his. God saved you. Your name's in the Lamb's book of life. But are we keeping our end of the deal? Not that we can bargain with God, but we do have some requirements. There are some things we can do in the relationship to make it stronger or make it worse. Are we keeping our end of the deal? Have we done what we said we would do? Jesus not only heard that cry of salvation, he heard every promise, and he saw our heart. How many listening today, let's be honest, come on now. Have you ever bartered with God? You know what the barter? You give one thing in exchange for another of equal value, if at all possible. We used to barter out on the farm. We used to uh, help the neighbors out. We help you kill your hogs. You help us kill our hogs. We help you get in your crops. You help us get in our crops. We would barter off. Don't see much of that anymore. But how many times have we gone to God and said, You know, God, if you do this, I'll do that. Come on now. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Lord, if you'll just get me out of this situation this time, <laughs> I'll never do this again. And don't get me wrong. I know we're living in this flesh. I know we're going to fall short of the glory of God. 
But I do know God expects us to keep our word to the best of our ability. And the reason for the memorial is that when you get off track, and we're going to get off track, when we see the memorial, it reminds us that we made a vow, that we made a promise, that we told God we would, and it helps us get back on track. You see, sometimes that memorial is there to convict us, sometimes it's there to challenge us, sometimes it's there to simply remind us of not only did I make a commitment, but it reminds us that God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son that I could be saved. There's a lot of reasons for a memorial. My friends, when it comes to keeping your word to God, I want to stress this. It's not a head issue, it's a heart issue. Because if you're doing it just because you have to, you're falling short. The Bible says we can't get there by works, and I'm certainly not talking about you working your way to heaven. You can't do that. But I do know with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can keep our word. I do know with the help of the Holy Spirit, the things that we tell God we want to do, which is serve Him and love Him and care for Him and be a witness to other people, God will help us do it. It ain't about works, it's about your heart, because if you do it and your heart's not in it, it's probably not worth a lot. But you see, God sees the intent of our heart. God expects us to keep our word just like He keeps His word. That's the reason the Bible talks about honesty and purity and holiness. And here we go, the big word, integrity. You see, all of these things are part of the Christian life. Is that we keep our word, we do what we say, and if we mess up, we get it right. I'm not saying you're going to walk a perfect walk, but what I am saying is God sees the intent of our heart. And when we fall short and it grieves our heart, God sees that too. But when we don't even care, then maybe we need a little conviction to get us back on the right path. But you know today, I want to, not only is those voices of those stones, not only do they hear our complaining or our murmuring or our doubt or fear, praise God, they hear our praises. Now some of you, you've been praising God through this and God's heard that. And some of you have not wavered one ounce and God has seen that. The rock Jesus Christ is testifying to the Father that you've been faithful through it all. He is rejoicing over those who have stayed strong and He's reaching out to those that are weak to help them get up. God's not mad at anybody. Yet. There is coming a judgment day one day. There's coming a tribulation, but we're not in it right now. God's not mad yet. I remember when I would get do something that was probably worthy of a whooping. And mama would know about it. The worst words as a child I can remember hearing were this. Wait until your father gets home. You know, I got saved at 13 years of age and I still got in trouble even after that. But when my mama would say that, I knew enough about the Bible. I had been in church long enough then that I was smart enough and wise enough knowing that my daddy was not yet home. Therefore, there was still hope of the rapture. Because <laughs> I felt like Jesus would be more merciful to me than my father could be sometimes. But he loved us with a passion. 
And I would pray, Jesus, come on, take us home before Daddy gets home. Judgment's coming, Lord. But even through that, Jesus took me through. And I learned a lesson and pressed on. My friend, God loves you today. But what have you told him you'd do and you haven't done it? What have you promised that you haven't done? And don't get me wrong. God knows your heart. He'll help you do it. Again, I'm not trying to condemn you in any way. There is no condemnation of those in Christ Jesus. But I would like to challenge you. If you told God you're going to do something, do it. And if you're not praising God, then praise Him. It's a good time to start praising. It's a good time to get the kids alone, to get the family alone, and start praising the goodness of God. It's a great time to start telling your children why we're going to get through this, instead of telling them everything about this. Come on now. God desires to bless and favor us more than you know. But you see, here's the deal. When we walk in faith, and we do the things that please the Lord, it benefits us. It benefits people around us. When we live a holy life, a pure life, when we minister to other people, it doesn't just touch them, it blesses us. God says, I will be a debtor to no man. Anything you do with and for me, God says, I will bless it. You want to live the blessed life? Live a life of service unto the Lord. And you will be blessed. Because we're actually not servants. We're children. Which means God withholds nothing from us. But you see, if we're disobedient, then that blocks His blessings. It's not God's fault, it's ours. When we tell God we're going to do something and we don't do it, it blocks the blessing from our life. And that's not what God wants. God says, hey, let's get this right. I want to bless you. And notice this. You will never make a promise to God to do anything. I'm going to tell you now here that He will not give you His Holy Spirit to help you do it. Even when we promise God we're going to do this or this or this, God says, great! And He gives us the strength through the Spirit to do it. We're not even alone in that. Matter of fact, God says, you're not just going to do it, we're going to do it. God never sends us to do anything. God always goes with us. He has given us the Holy Spirit to help us be faithful, to help us grow, to help us be strong. So I today, in, in closing out, and Mom and Pop, y'all can come on back up. In closing out today, are you being faithful in what you've been called to do? Are you using your gift? Are you ministering to others? Are you helping others? If today you're doing what God has told you to do and you, you're doing what you promised, hey, keep up the good work. Keep pressing on and giving God the glory and praising Him. And again, I want to challenge you. Get out in the house today. Get out in nature and worship and praise the Lord. And if not, if we're falling short, maybe today this message has touched your heart on, hey, there's some things I need to get busy with. Guess what? God's ready to help you right now. God's ready to get on with it right now. All we got to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't keep my word, but I want to do it now. And through the power of your word and Holy Spirit, I'm going to use my life for your glory. I'm going to use my talent for your glory. I'm going to use my gifts for your glory. In every situation, and every circumstance, be careful because the rocks are listening. 
They hear what we say. They know what we do. God sees what we do. But again, He's looking at our heart. Father, I pray right now that every person listening today, there's a memorial that has been put in place. His name is Jesus. And that every time we think about Jesus, I pray, Lord, it challenges our heart to be faithful, to walk in Him, to love Him, to do what we said we would do. And Father, if the season is past and it can't be done, let's move on to the next thing. But let us be found faithful to the Father who is always faithful. Let us walk with Jesus who is our Lord and our Savior and our Master. Let us be faithful in listening to the Holy Spirit that in all we do we'll be blessed by Him, through Him, with Him. Let the Word of God be our foundation today. Father, we rebuke this virus in the name of Jesus and we declare it has got to go. It has got to go. There will be an answer or it has to go. But those that are your children, let us be found faithful in this time. Giving you praise. Giving you glory. Prophesying. Speaking your word. Praying for one another. And Father, you're going to do a miracle through all of this. And Lord, we're going to come out on the other side. A different and changed church. Stronger. Wiser. And more powerful. Equipped for even greater things. And all God's people. In the name of Jesus said.